0: thankful for what the lord's doing in our lives and excited to be part of the lord's family amen so open your bibles if you will to first john chapter number three this evening first john chapter number three and uh, we're going to be preaching now to verse 13 with the lord being our helper tonight if we've ever seen a day in america where the church is hated i believe it's the day in which we're living in nowadays when we have people in leadership, when we have the uh, mainstream media and all the other outlets that are praising people who are living in open, gross sins that's contrary to the Word of God, doing things publicly uh, that God calls an abomination that God has judged nations for and destroyed nations for, when our country is welcoming that in and saying that we are the problems, the ones who just want to live right and be faithful Christians and do for the Lord, and the uh, the ones who want to try to reach our community, with that, that our world is an mess. Yes, amen. Uh, the our world hates anything that is good, that is holy, that is right, that is pure, and that's what makes us the minority. That makes us the target. Now, I tell you, if we get to looking at all that and seeing how Christianity, true, what what the Bible defines as Christianity, not what the world defines as Christianity, Christianity is not some dude getting up behind a, uh, uh, standing in front of a bar stool uh, wearing skinny jeans, a pair of tennis shoes and a V-neck t-shirt, amen, calling himself a preacher. That dude's a hireling and needs to go out and get a real job and quit deceiving people, amen. Uh, That makes me sick to my stomach, brother. A couple weeks ago, I was traveling to a meeting by myself and uh, family was at home. The kids had gotten sick on the way from Nebraska to Georgia. And so I was going to uh, uh, some Sunday meetings by myself. And I was listening to a message that afternoon by Brother Ricky Gravely, my brother's pastor. Amen. And he was preaching about having character, how Christians need to have character, how the man of God still needs to have some character about him. Uh, and he was talking about how important it is that a preacher dressed like a preacher. Amen. I appreciate what you was telling uh, the brother earlier about uh, at least you require at least a tie to be on the podium. Amen. I appreciate that that. The man of God ought to look like the man of God. A Christian ought to look like the Christian. This thing of dressing right and being right just ain't for the preacher and his family. Amen. That oh, goes yeah, to each man. and every one of us yeah. that are sitting in a church pew this evening, that we all ought to look like a child of God. Oh, and so I was hearing that message, and it was it was helping me and, and, and just challenging me to keep staying the course, keep being right. I mean, we're up there, in, in, in the middle. you go to the middle of nowhere, take a left, and you'll run into Dickinson, North Dakota. Amen. Uh, there's It would be so easy, brother, for me to just to, to drop my standards to, to quit wearing a suit and tie to church to change my ways and no one down here would know it until, unless if some of my folks put it on facebook up there and i don't think they would amen but I, I i there or someone dropped in and caught me but and i could come down south put on my suit and tie and play the part and look the, look the role and no one would know the why be the wiser i'm not going to do that i am not going to do that amen y'all don't have to worry about that tonight but this world, that wouldn't help the world any. That wouldn't help the lost folks around us any, any one bit to see the preacher changing where he stood for all these years, see the church dropping their standard, dipping their, color, their, the, uh, their colors in the world. We need to be consistent. So I was hearing that message that night, and it was working on my mind, working on my heart. God just challenged me, encouraged me to keep pressing on, to not change, to not back down, to not uh, give in. And that night, me and the preacher and his uh, uh, sister that was there with him, we went to the Cracker Barrel there in Dublin, Georgia. <clears throat> Go get some good healthy food, amen. And uh, you don't go to Cracker Barrel and order a salad unless you got some big greasy piece of meat on the plate to go with it, amen. And that's just to make you feel good about what you just ate, amen. But no, so we're sitting there. We walk in to go and uh, tell the lady uh, how many uh, uh, that we need a table. And as she's getting her information, another young lady standing behind her looks up and says, "Are y'all lawyers?" Well, three uh, three men came in wearing suits and ties and and, and looking presentable, amen. I, I th- we we said, "No, ma'am, we're preachers." And she said, oh, I need y'all to pray for me. She said, my life's a mess. And a 16-year-old young lady preacher took her off to the side and asked her, he said, well, before we pray for you, he said, let me ask you some questions. He said, if you were to die tonight, where would you go? Would you go to heaven or hell? She said, oh, I'd go to hell. Said, my life's not right. He said, well, let me ask you this. Do you know who Jesus is? He said, She said, no, sir. <laughs> that's not far from here, brother. Right. Dublin, Georgia, that's not too awful far from here that afternoon i got to the church uh, two hours before service when you're tra- traveling by yourself and you ain't got nowhere to go he's just going right around amen i went to riding through the town the little side roads the little communities the uh the projects if you will the community and i got noticed and there was a church of some sort on almost every block not every street every block in that community i mean you'd see a little rundown building you could tell someone was just out a few hours ago uh so-and-so church This uh, ride down another couple hundred yards, and there's another church. This little girl didn't know who Jesus was. Never heard a true presentation of the gospel in her life. He said, well, do you know who God is? She said, I've heard about him. I remember as a little girl, I'd go to church with my grandma, and I heard someone say something about God while I was there, but I'm not sure who he is. my goodness, my soul, how sad, how sad. He began to share the gospel with her, and God began to work on her heart, and tears began to come out of her eyes, and she began to just, I believe she was grabbing a hold of it, but she wasn't grasping it completely. He could have led her in a prayer that night so easily, but she wouldn't have known what was happening. He left her with a track and a phone number, and got her numbers, been trying to contact her. Y'all pray for Kaisha that she'll get saved. And uh, It's been about three weeks ago now, but uh I tell you the world hates that kind of Christianity they've been lied to they've been deceived by this no age stuff I tell you church even in the midst of adversity even in the face of of the world uh, calling out against us pressuring us to change even in the midst of of the Baptist brethren Y'all don't ever y'all don't have nothing to recover from tonight, amen. I was just gonna throw that out there. We have no reason to recover from being a fundamental Bible believer and standing where we do. I tell you God, I did all my recovering when God saved me. Amen. Help me recover from a life of sin. I was only eight years old, brother, but I was still a lost sinner dying on my way to a devil's hell. That night, Jesus uh, came to my by my way the Holy Ghost. God knocked on my heart's door, put me under Holy Ghost conviction, showed me my, my, my church membership, my uh, false profession, my baptism, my daddy being a preacher, my, my granddaddy being a preacher, my family's goodly hair. That wasn't going to save me, me quoting Bible verses and singing and the choir and different things like that. That wasn't going to carry me to heaven. I was still lost and on my way to hell. And I need to repent of my sins, repent of whatever I was hanging on to and put my faith in Jesus Christ and be born again that night. Thank God I did it. Amen. And I ain't been the same since. Praise the Lord for that. Amen. My wife wouldn't like me if I'd have kept on the track that God, that I was heading before God got in the way. Amen. I wouldn't. I didn't like me back then. I was only eight, but I didn't like me either. But I tell you, we need to be consistent. We need to live right. No matter what. I tell you, uh, when the world starts pressing down on you, marvel not. The Bible says here, our verse in 1 John chapter 3, verse 13 says, marvel not, my brethren, if the world hate you. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. They ought not catch us off guard. and ought not take us by surprise. Marvel not, my brethren, if the world hates you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us in the message tonight. Dear Lord, we just want to thank you for this day. Thank you, dear Lord, for the opportunity to stand and uh, preach your word this evening, Lord. I just thank you so much for saving my never-dying soul, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you'd help us tonight as we try to preach your word for a little while. Help us to help your people and encourage your church, dear Lord. And God, I pray, Lord, that you'd be lifted up, Lord. And God, that you would just uh, speak through us tonight. Forgive us for our sins where we failed you today, Lord. And God, I just pray, Lord, that you'd use us one more time to preach your word this evening. Help us now. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And amen. I tell you, do you ever wonder why the world is so against true biblical Christianity? We've already mentioned they don't have any problem with those who claim Christ but do nothing to live for Christ, that, that never resemble Christ. They don't have any problem with those that are molded to the image of this world. But the world seems to have zero tolerance for true. Christianity. Our verse here this evening it lets us know that we are to expect this kind of behavior from the world. Amen. Uh, we we don't go and expect we 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 cannot expect the the lost people of this world who are dead in their trespasses and sins to accept and understand and believe and and, and line up with the things in the way that which we believe. It's going to rub them the wrong way. Amen. It's kind of like when you rub a cat backwards; they're not going to like it. The world is not going to like true biblical Christianity. And I believe if we taken. Uh, 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 if we would were to dwell on that fact tonight, we could get pretty discouraged. It, I believe a lot of people have, have dwelled on that fact to the point where they've dipped their colors, they've changed, they've uh, they've quit, they've backed off of the word, they've backed off on preaching the truth. I remember uh, with, uh, my dad, he pastors in in, in Hiram, Georgia. And, uh, when he took the church some twenty years ago, they were part of the Southern Baptist Convention, and uh, they uh, uh, the, the the area director would come by periodically and drop in and be in service with us and, and and want an update on how the church was doing. They're all about numbers and different things like that. How many people we'd seen baptized, how, many, uh, uh, how, how big the offerings were, how much we were giving. They weren't worried about the numbers that really matter. Amen. But anyhow. Right. Over the years, my brother, he was getting, uh, the Lord was thrusting him out into evangelism in his uh, late teenage years. And uh, the, uh, the man, he, uh, the representative, he, he noticed that how the Lord was using my brother there in evangelism. And he said, now, he'd come to him one day and he said, now, Brother Chris, he said, you're a great preacher and all that. I really feel like the Lord's using you and, and got his hand on you. He said, but I believe you can get some more meetings if you back off that King James issue a little bit. He said, "Brother, no, I ain't backing off. And uh, I tell you, we could we could make it a lot easier on us, physically speaking, if we just back off a little bit." I'm glad y'all got a preacher that sounds like a preacher. Amen. He's got that gravelly voice that just Amen. booms, hey, I'm a preacher. I appreciate that. Amen. I don't think I have. I just sound like some hillbilly from North Georgia. <laughs> I don't have that voice. I'm kind of jealous of you, brother. But no, I, I tell you, I just I, don't change. Don't change. Don't change. Amen. Verse here lets us know this is going to happen. He even tells us to marvel not at it. Don't let it steal your attention. Don't waste time standing around trying to figure out why the world hates you. Just keep pressing on, keep serving the Lord. As a child of God, we're to keep pressing, keep serving God, keep telling others about Christ. I got a few reasons here this evening I'm gonna look at, Lord being our helper, on why the world is gonna hate the child of God, why the world is gonna hate the true biblical Christian and why we are not to waste time thinking about it, dwelling on it and letting it steal our joy. Number one, I just wanna say that they hate us because they hate the right. They hate the righteous because of the wickedness of their own hearts. Our verse, uh, uh, the verse above our text, verse here, verse number twelve says. Uh, now I'll just go back to verse eleven. It says, "For this is the message that ye heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of that wicked one, and slew his brother, and wherefore slew he him because of his own, uh, because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteousness." I'll say this, boy. Even they hate us because of the wickedness of their own heart. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah 17, 9, that the heart is uh, desperately wicked. Who can know it? A heart without God is lost, and sin is, is, is uh, stained, and as hard as can be, I tell you, it's amazing. I love it watching it when God takes a sinner. He's got that old stony heart, and the Holy Spirit of God, and the Word of God begins to break down, break up that fallow ground, begins to uh, break away that rocky, ston- that and stone- hard heart, begins to soften it, and, and that, that heart begins to break as the gospel permeates it, and then all of a sudden you see like a light comes on. They understand, they get the fact that Jesus died for their sins and he wants to save their soul. I love watching that. And then seeing the newness of them when they accept Christ as their Savior, it surely is a wonderful thing. But the world has not had that experience. The world has not had that softening of their heart take place. And therefore, they want the wicked, they want their own wickedness. We can see in Genesis chapter 4 verses number 1 through 8 the mindset of Cain when it comes to the righteous things of God. It came time for uh, Cain and Abel to offer their sacrifices to God. Abel went and took the first things of his flocks and and went and offered it to God the way that God had uh, commanded by the the example that God had set there uh, with Adam and Eve there in the Garden of Eden of, of a blood sacrifice for the atonement of sins. Abel followed through and did it God's way. Cain, on the other hand, he went and took the first fruits of his garden. Amen. He went and got the best zucchini the biggest tomatoes. And and, uh, he he said, I imagine as he's picking, he said, man, that would make a good mater sandwich right there, but I'm going to give that one to God. And he went and just got the best fruits that he had, and he he took and he offered it up to God. And God said, no, that's not going to work. That's not what I required uh, for uh, for a sacrifice for sin. Uh, Cain, I cannot accept your offering. Isn't that just like the world today, they look at the things that God requires of us for salvation uh, and they say, well, Lord, that's too hard. That's not the way I want to do it. Here's what I want to offer. And they, mankind goes and offers the very, the very best that they can to God. God looks at it and says, what am I going to do with these filthy rags? What am I going to do with that? That's not what I required of you. I've already paid the sacrifice. The blood's already been shed. You just have to put your faith in my son and accept it. But they won't because of the wickedness of their own heart. Cain was offered the opportunity to repent and get right, with the warning that if you don't do this, sin lieth at the door. Right. What Cain do? He went out and he killed his brother, rather than getting right with God. Rather than repent, he went further into sin. This world is still full of these kind of people today. That rather than getting right with God, they get mad at God for refusing their uh, offerings that they've offered up to, him. they get mad at God because He does not accept their their good works for salvation. They get mad at God because He does not. He they, there is only one way to heaven, and they are not that way. Right. That's what. Therefore, they hate the church. They hate true born again Christians. I know a man. He uh, we've been witnessing to him for years, <clears throat> trying to reach him to the Lord. Good man, he'd give you the shirt off his back if you needed it. This man's lost. And uh, one day after a long, long conversation with him, he made the statement, he said, so you're telling me that if I don't put my faith in this Jesus, you're telling me I must trust in." then I'll die and go to hell, even with all the good works that I've done, even with all the, the money I give to charity, even with all the, the disabled kids that I take fishing, even with all the, the people that I help, even with how good I've been to my family, and on and on, he went with his list of good works. He said, you're mean to tell me that none of that's good enough to get me to heaven. I said, no, sir, it's only by the blood of Jesus Christ that you'll get there if you go. He said, well, if my good works aren't good enough to take me to heaven, then I don't want to go. That's the shape the world's in today. They need to hear about a Savior. Number two, marvel not. They're going to hate us because they are living in darkness. They're living in darkness. Let's look over in John chapter 3 this evening. John chapter number 3. Verse 16 says, uh, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Verse 17, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. He that believeth on Him uh, is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Time out right here. If you ever encounter somebody and they said, I just don't see how God would uh, condemn a person hell you can say you're exactly right take them to this verse. say it's not the not the God of heaven that condemns that soul to hell but it's that individual when they choose to reject the gospel of Jesus Christ and refuse to believe on the name of the only begotten Son of God they themselves condemn themselves to a devil's hell verse 19 says and this is the condemnation that light has come in the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil we see they, are, they, they, uh, they hate us because they are living in darkness. Let's read on verse 20. And they, for everyone that doeth evil, hateth the light, and neither cometh through the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Uh, but he that doeth uh, uh, truth cometh through the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. I tell you, this is only going to be true if we are a true Christian today. You can be saved and not be a Christian, but you must be born again to be a Christian. I just want to say that. We've got got churches full of saved people that are not living for Christ, I do believe, and that's a big part of the problem in our churches today, saved people who are not true biblical Christians, saved people who they've they've, they've trusted the Lord as their Savior, but that's about where it stops that in their spiritual life they never decided to grow in the Lord they never chose to uh, 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 let God have his way in their life and they are just they live the remainder of their Christian life as babes in Christ never growing in the Lord never doing anything for God and never being a true Christian and the world does not need to see any more of that in our churches but we see here that people, they hate the church. They hate the Christians because they are living in darkness. Darkness and light do not go together. Amen. We could turn all these lights off, cover all these windows, get it so dark in here tonight. You couldn't see your hand in front of your face. And I, we could all pick up a cell phone, turn it on. And a little light that comes off a cell phone, even with the, the brightness all the way down, it would overpower the darkness in this right. room. Amen. Right. Darkness always loses to light. right? And the world doesn't like that. Because what, what, what ought to happen when a person, uh, used to an old drunk, even the drunk in town, would have res- enough, enough respect to clean his mouth up, to clean his actions up when the preacher would come in there. It didn't matter if he was drunk or sober. He had enough respect for the man of God that he would clean up as best as he could in his drunk condition uh, because he respected that man of God because there was something different about him. There was a, a reverence that comes in the posi- comes with the position of being a preacher, not that we are worthy of anything, but that the God that we serve is worthy there ought to be something different enough about our life to where the world recognizes that we are Christians. And 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 what that does, it's like pouring salt in a wound. Amen. Y'all ever done that? That hurts, doesn't it? I uh, uh, uh. That hurts. I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave that on as a mechanic. My hands get 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 beat up all the time, and and uh, it's kind of like taking and, and getting brake cleaner, or hand sanitizer. Y'all y'all we're we're in the hand sanitizer generation, right? Probably in 20 years we're gonna be seeing these commercials on TV. If you have experienced such and such from uh, excessive use of hand sanitizer, you may be entitled to a, a compensation. <laughs> <Amen>. No, <laughs> but that's kind of like getting hand sanitizer in a wound. It cleans, but man, it hurts like the dickens, right? The world gets around a true Christian, someone who is a, a true biblical Christian that is doing their best to follow the, the Word of God, That's letting that's that, that has that daily walk with God, that lives for the Lord. And it's not just a show on Sunday or Wednesday. That will be prevalent in your life. That will be evident in your life if this is all the Christianity the world sees of you is when you come to church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and then you live how you want to out there in the world. But we are, we are, when we live that way, we are shining the light of Christ out of our life And that darkness in their hearts does not like it. Therefore, they are not going to want to have anything to do with us. Darkness and light do not go together. The two will never agree. Light exposes things. It's amazing how, as a mechanic, a good light makes a difference on being able to fix the problem a lot of times. If you can't find the problem, you can't fix the problem, amen? And so you go, that's why we have those those high dollar flashlights that the, the tool trucks sell to mechanics and, and rip everybody off, amen? My wife does not like tool truck drivers. Uh, y'all pray for her, but that's behind me now, amen? And so, uh, but no, a good flashlight makes all the difference in, in exposing a problem. And so when people get around Christians that are living for the Lord, that are full of God, it's going to, that light of, uh, of Jesus Christ is going to shine out of their life, and it's going to expose some things in their life that they know is not right, and it's going to hurt because they're not going to want to get right. It's going to make them realize, hey, <laughs> something's wrong. I need to change. And a lot, Unfortunately, a lot of people don't want to change. It brings light to their sinful state. This creates conviction and reminds them that they are condemned to die. Rather than repenting and trusting Christ, they choose to reject Christ and blame Christians for the feeling of condemnation that is brought on by sin. Even though they hate light, we still have a responsibility. To share the gospel with them amen we still have a responsibility to go and tell others about christ uh the bible says that we are the light of the world well a city that is set on a hill cannot be we ought to go and be shining our light uh, out into the lost and dying world how many of you have heard that little song this little light of mine i'm gonna let it shine that principle now it's a cute little fun kid song but that principle ought to be true in every light of every child of God. Amen. We sing that song as a kid. We sing it at a, a vacation Bible school or Sunday school or what have you. And then we, we, we laugh about it and joke about it with the kids, but then we never go out and live it. I tell you, if we'd live that song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Not, I'm going to hide it, not going to let Satan blow it out, uh, but we go shine it all over uh, uh, Lexington. Amen. That, that would make a difference in our life if we'd live that one little song out. Amen. We'd be able to see a lot more folks saved, I do believe. I do believe because we see here number three we see that uh, number two we see they are living in darkness that's why they don't like us number three we see that we are the light of the world we are the light of the world as Christians we are to carry the light of Jesus Christ into a lost and dying world Jesus said in John chapter 8 verse number 12 that he is the light of the world and those that follow him will no longer walk in darkness it's a sad state in which we live in where a lot of, a uh, sad time where a lot of people, they get saved and they want to continue living in that darkness. They get mad when the preacher gets up and preaches something and he hits home and it hits home in their life. He, he, he brings uh, uh, to the surface a sin that they may be hiding. They get upset at the preacher rather than getting right with God and getting, getting that sin taken care of because they, they like their darkness. Child of God, God has not saved you to live in darkness. He saved you to live in the light of his precious word. And we need to be spreading that light. We need to be telling others about him. <clears throat> tell others he is the light. He is the light. Unfortunately, the world would rather have the darkness of sin than the light of salvation. I'll tell you a real uh, quick story, and we'll move on with the message this evening. Uh, years, a few years back, I met a man named Sid. He was a Muslim man from Minnesota. And... Uh, <clears throat> He had had a friend that we we had a mutual friend. His name was Brother Lee. Brother Lee had gotten saved in prison. And uh, immediately uh, he he said he stood up from getting saved that night. And he said to himself, the drinking's done, the cussing's done, the foul living's done, the foul. Uh, He said, it's all done. I'm a new person in Christ man had heard the gospel for the first time just a few minutes before that and he realized everything was different now. Amen. It was so different in his life that his longtime, lifelong friend saw the change and said there's something real to this thing of Christianity. This man began to ask questions. Brother Lee began to share the gospel with him. Brother Lee brought him out to where we were at in Minnesota and uh, we, me and another preacher sat down for several hours over the course of a week and got to uh, go through the gospel, go through the word of God with this man Sid and he would bring questions up from Islam and we would answer or, uh, give the answer for that out of the word of God and show the difference in the two and and at the end of that week he realized Islam was wrong this man today he'll tell you Islam is wrong Jesus Christ is the Messiah and he is the only way to heaven but he will not put his faith in him and be saved he says I'm not ready to change I'm not ready to give up my sin not ready to uh, quit living in the darkness if you will This world would rather have their darkness than the promise of God of salvation. It's a sad day in which we live in. Now that we have an understanding of why the world hates us, what are we to do, and where's the encouragement in this? Preachers, you've told us they're going to hate us for living for God. How's that helped me? Well, I just want to encourage you tonight. Keep living right because that world that hates us for living for god they need to hear the gospel they need to see the difference that the gospel can make in a life they need to hear about a jesus that gave his life so that they could be saved today i find encouragement in this romans chapter 5 verse number one it says therefore being justified by faith <clears throat> We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace, wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience, patience and patience experience, and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God uh, is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. Uh, for when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the I say praise the Lord for that, amen. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I tell you tonight, I I can draw encouragement knowing that even though the world hates us, even though they want to do everything they can to stamp us out, to silence our voice, to keep us from uh, proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ, we must keep pressing on because even when we were sinners, uh, Christ, Christ died for us. He commendeth his love toward us. He died for us so that we could be saved through him. And if we If it weren't for the grace of God tonight, we could be the ones lost out in the world that hates the brethren, that hates the church of the living God, that hates those that are born again. It could be us that are out there uh, uh, living a life as a God-hater, as an antichrist that is against the things of God. It could be us that's out there trying to stamp out the Christians who are trying to live right. It could be us out there uh, trying to change the world, uh, the church, trying to change the word of God. But I thank God by his grace tonight, that's I'm, That's not who I am, amen. amen? I thank God tonight that I'm not who I could be. Amen. The world needs to hear the gospel. that We can find encouragement knowing that Jesus is coming back. Right. This isn't all there is, folks. Jesus is coming back one day. I don't know about you, but I want to be found ready. I want to be found living for Him. I don't want to be how many of you as kids, your parents leave and they say, now, I want, I, want this, I want your room clean by the time I get back. I'll be back in such and such time. And then you take and you, you say, so you got two hours to get things done. The list of chores your parents gave you, you sit around for an hour and 45 minutes and you look down and realize the late hour and you say, oh no, mom and daddy's going to be home soon. I better get to work. Amen. You do every You stuff things in closets, stuff things under bed, cram drawers full of stuff and you try to get it all done in time because mom and daddy's coming back. And, judge, and, and judgment's coming with them, amen. I tell you, Jesus is coming back. It's late hour. I believe we ought to be scrambling like the last monkey trying to get on the ark, amen. Like the third monkey trying to get on the ark to get the word of God out there, to get uh, to get the gospel to the lost and dying world around us. There's no time to quit. Right, M-A-M. No time to stop. We must keep pressing forward because Jesus is coming back at any moment now. I believe that last trumpet could sound. The church will be up out of here and the last soul will be saved, I tell you, I want to get as many in as I can before that last one is reached. Amen? Amen. Amen. I tell you, if you're lost tonight, you can find help and joy and comfort in knowing that you can be saved. Right. The Bible says you must be born again. You must be born again. If you're not saved tonight, and the things of God, the things that your preacher preaches, the things your church do seems foreign to you, doesn't seem right, tonight you could be saved. And you could get right involved, get involved right in there with them and start taking part in the things of God. Marvel not, my brethren, that that the world hates you. Count it all joy. Amen. I just want to encourage you, church don't quit. Don't let this world discourage you and get you out of the fight. Keep pressing on, keep serving the Lord, and keep getting the gospel out. Thank you for making us part of your day. We would love to hear from you please find us on Facebook or at our website, bbclexington.com.